Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by the Alliance Safety Council, delivering instructor-led on-site computer lab and online training through more than 100 authorized training providers in 31 states and two countries. Headquartered in Baton Rouge, Alliance is focused on the future of learning technology and training process innovation for business and industry, for safety, and other corporate training needs. More information is at AllianceSafetyCouncil.org. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world. From Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge, we're out to lunch with editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report, Stephanie Regal. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. There are kings and there are kingmakers. And then there are those who just try to teach people how to treat one another with respect, which is no small feat in today's polarized climate. Today we're talking with two ladies who help influence public opinion and behavior in the voting booth, in the halls of government, and in the classroom. What does it take to motivate voters to create an electable candidate to get lawmakers to support certain legislation or just to teach kids how to be nice? Joining me is Mary Patricia Ray, who in 2011 was a young law student at Loyola University Law School in New Orleans. Just three short years later, she found herself serving as the communications director for a long shot candidate in the governor's race, a Democratic state representative from a meet named John Bell Edwards. Well, you know what happened next. Edwards made the runoff and went on to beat his Republican challenger, David Vitter, and become the only Democratic governor in the dark red Deep South. And Mary Patricia Ray, who goes by MP, was instantly thrust into the spotlight of state media. Today, things have calmed down a little, and MP's political consulting firm, Top Drawer Strategies, represents clients on a variety of policy fronts at all levels of government. In addition to advising on political campaigns, the firm does branding, public policy research, lobbying, PAC development, and PR campaigns. MP, it's a pleasure to have you here on Out to Lunch. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. With me and MP at the table is Jill Rigby-Garner, who is a consultant in her own way. Her focus is not electing people to office, but teaching them how to be nicer. Jill is the executive director and founder of Manners of the Heart, a nonprofit organization that tries to foster a kinder, gentler society by teaching kids about manners and how to treat one another. The organization has its roots in the volunteer work Jill did back in the 1990s at her son's elementary school, where she taught manners and character development. In 1999, she wrote a Manners of the Heart curriculum and founded the nonprofit in 2002 with a vision to help restore respect and civility in society. Today, she leads her organization to equip schools, encourage families, and engage local communities to help children see beyond their circumstances to live up to their full potential. And Jill, this is such a great organization, and not just a feel-good thing, but I mean a real program that goes into schools and does this. So thanks for joining me, and we look forward to finding out more about it. Thank you. Delighted to be here. MP, I know you didn't think that when you were in law school, as recently as just 2011, which to some of us feels like the other day, that you would be the lady responsible for electing the next governor for the for the next few years. And, and after you graduated from law school, you did spend some time out there working. And how did you come to work, though, for John Bell Edwards? Because that's sort of your claim to fame at the moment, even though you've done many other great things before and since. 
I was in the right place at the right time um, because I was uh, in the midst of some disappointments. I, I thought I was going to go home to my home state of Ohio and work in the attorney general's office, um, be a government lawyer. And my bosses there, who um, whose campaigns I'd been involved in, lost re-election in 2010. So I started looking around for things I might do in Louisiana for a while. And um, I was very privileged to represent the largest teachers organization in the state for a couple of years um, as their lobbyist and be involved in some litigation that they were working on. During that time, I met uh, then State Representative Edwards. Uh, he was actually the first legislator that I met with um, in February of 2012 when I took the job. And uh, I guess, you know, I could say the rest is history. It's really not. <laughs> but um, I have no public relations formal training. I wrote my first press release for him um, when he needed it and learned the rest as I went along. And between then and now, I have produced in-house radio, television, placed those products. Um, we placed the most advanced um, IP targeting digital products in the state of Louisiana through my firm. And I've just been really, really blessed to have the opportunity to have clients who would let me um, be creative and mm -hmm. take their projects to new, to new places. I'm lucky to work with Republicans and Democrats. I made a a, uh, an ad in a gun range with State Representative Blake Miguez, who's a, a hardcore conservative this year. So it's been a wild adventure. Wow. Now, when you started working with the governor, did you really think that he had a chance? Or was it just like, I'll cut my teeth on this campaign. It'll give me something to do until I figure out how to get back to Ohio. Well, I believed so strongly in his candidacy and in his chances of winning that I quit my job, um, which gave my husband and I health insurance and uh, a salary <laughs> at a time I was paying a substantial law school note um, to go and work for him. So um, to me, that's the proof in the pudding that I knew that it was possible. Um, I also knew that he was the kind of person who would not undertake something without giving it 110%. He has an intangible kind of brand of leadership um, he's not the kind of boss that you're afraid of. He's just someone who you really don't want to let down. Um, it was very hard to make sure that he never outworked me. Um, <laughs> I think there were very few days that he could have or did, but um, it, it meant long, long, long hours. And um, if I'm ever lucky enough to serve someone who works as hard as him, I will do it again in a heartbeat. Wow. Interesting story. Equally interesting, Jill, is the work that you do with Manners of the Heart. I think a lot of people probably have heard of it, but don't really understand the full scope of what you all do. Tell us a little bit about it. Mm -hmm. Well, our, our mission is really threefold, as you mentioned um, up front, that we are equipping schools, encouraging families, and engaging communities. So we really have basically now four divisions at Manners of the Heart. We have our school division, uh, which does produce the elementary school curriculum. We're getting ready right now to uh, release our new second edition, wow. which we're just over the top excited about. It's um, full of everything that our teachers have asked through the years that they would like to see added to the curriculum. We're adding technology, we're adding flashcards. Uh, we are, uh, have ramped up the professional development aspect as well. So we're really excited about that aspect of it. And we work in schools, uh, not only in Louisiana, but far beyond outside the walls of Louisiana as well. 
um, are touching schools across the country. And um, our parent work uh, really began with raising respectful children in a disrespectful world, our first parenting book. And that's now um, has become what they call a classic in the parenting world, continues to sell strongly and helps um, to support our mission and our work. And we also have added now new parent workshops on topics such as tackling technology and anxiety mm-hmm. um, to help parents today deal with the issues, you know, the really relevant issues that they're having to face today in the society that we live in. And then we launched BR Respect um, two years ago, um, which many people have heard of um, through our radio minutes mm-hmm. and um, also the billboards and the uh, print work that um, we were so fortunate to have in 225. When we launched that campaign two years ago and I turned to the media for support because it had to be a media-driven campaign, we received um, over $520,000 wow. of support from the media, and which we were just astounded with. And the, the uh, Manners Minutes continue on iHeart, and they are aired across all stations on iHeart. And so we are wanting now to take that part of our mission and broaden it and take it to other communities as well, such as in Oklahoma. There's a real interest there. And begin to spread that and we're hoping that one day it'll become a real social movement well I mean it's such a wonderful idea and I know you all are touching so many people Mm -hmm. although the world has gotten just more and more awful in the past 20 years so I don't know Mm -hmm. I mean do you feel like you're making a difference Uh, we do feel like we're making a difference we hear stories um, almost daily if we're out and about somewhere um, from children now who have grown up with manners of the heart. We have children who've had manners of the heart now since kindergarten uh, who are now beginning to enter into you know high school and beyond, and we receive testimonies frequently from how, what a difference it made. It gave them yeah. a different perspective on life. Um, our business of manners is the other piece that we do uh, for businesses and uh, corporations, large and small. We're working with a group in uh, Texas right now that we've been working with for about four years. And um, the strides that they have found have been just tremendous. And um, our elementary work, um, schools that use Manners of the Heart, we've had a university research study conducted, and those schools um, expect, can expect to find at least a 15-point gain on their school performance score. So we're moving that needle, uh, full letter grade, bringing in Manners of the Heart. And in addition to that, um, they have at least a 30% reduction in discipline referrals. And And... What I mean, you're not just teaching manners like like table manners no. or to hold the door open mm-hmm. for someone or to say please and thank you, but what really is at the the heart of your curriculum of manners of the heart? At the heart of our message, um, really, what they call it today now is social and emotional learning, which mm-hmm. is the new kind of buzzwords for uh, what we're teaching. And so we we say that we're unlocking the heart so that the mind will open to receive the knowledge that teachers have to impart to to children. So we, um, we really get and work inside a child's heart and work on the attitudes behind the actions. I mean, we all know we can change the way we're doing things, but it's not going to stick like a New Year's resolution that's gone by Valentine's Day. It's not going to stick unless we change the attitude behind the action because it's the attitude that has to change before there's going to be a long-lasting transformative change to take place. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Jill Rigby-Garner of Manners of the Heart and MP Ray of Top Drawer Strategies. MP, the political arena has gotten (laughs) so cutthroat, so ugly. Um, 
and you, you don't, first of all, strike me as, you know, as that way at all. And I mean, I've worked with political consultants before, and it can be, you know, ice water can run through some of those veins. <laughs> how do you navigate this terrain? How, and, and how do you, do you in your advocacy work and your lobbying represent clients or politicians that you don't share the views of? Or do you really have to be on board with somebody that shares what's in your heart? Well, I think that the um, I've learned to never assume based on how someone might vote in committee or what they might have decided to put on their push card a couple of cycles ago, mm-hmm. whether or not I would be a good fit for them um, in what they're doing. Um, for example, um, I just came off of a campaign to pass Constitutional Amendment 2 here in Louisiana. We passed that amendment so that we will have unanimous juries when we convict people of these crimes and send them to jail for life. Um, and we had a bipartisan coalition on that that effort, you know, millions of dollars that I was managing. And um, you would you could start from the assumption that certain groups would be against it based on certain things about the law. But the polling told me was that um, in about 30 parishes across the state, I would never get above 50 percent, no wow. matter what I did. Wow. Um, because the more I educated conservative voters, the less they were in favor <laughs> of the amendment. And so um, we just decided we were going to have to do things very differently. And we took a very, very targeted approach and worked with. And what does people. that mean? <clears throat> um, we delivered we delivered a targeted digital message using the voter file. So we were talking to people and meeting them exactly where they were on the issue with messengers that they would already agree with. So instead of a big TV campaign where you don't even know if you're talking to registered voters or likely voters, or you don't know if you're really reaching them with a persuasive message because you have to keep it too general, we went very specific. I think part of lobbying and persuading someone is um, being able to tap into how things make you feel. Mm-hmm. And if I lose touch with um, that part of who I am, um, then I will not be effective. And, and so it's definitely part art, part intuitive, part emotional, part being a people person. But there's also a lot of science to it. If you're targeting people on social media and delivering that message to them, I mean, do you have other people on your team that come up with the social media technical part um, of it or we, have you mastered so we, that um, well? we use a, a, an ISP authenticated IP targeting method that is um, it, you know it's a it's a new technology um, and no one else in Louisiana is using it um, it's proprietary this was the first statewide campaign that it was used on and um, wow. it was very successful I expect that many people will once they figure out what we did will want so this to is use sort of it. Like, like Russian hackers in the 2016 election <laughs> but in a good way <laughs> um, it's very good because um, it in my hands it would be used to unite people instead of divide them um, and but the same idea just we're yeah lucky that you're not and it, it can show you the ad wherever you go on the internet um, and we don't we no longer have to go through this old-fashioned list matching on different platforms like Facebook. We plug it all in on the background and instead can focus on delivering tracks to different types of voters rather than um, delivering one big message to everybody like a billboard and hoping the right people drive past it. So interesting. You know, the whole technology thing, it, it makes me think, Jill, about when you got started, you know, the instant technology was not a part of our daily life back when your kids were little in the 90s. You know, this was all just... How has this made your job, which was already a problem that you identified back then, 
more difficult now in an era where all these kids have the phone, they're distracted, they're being bullied, they're dealing with social pressures that were unimaginable 20 Um, years ago. Well, it is only quadrupled, of course, the difficulty of what we're trying to do. Um, The the technology age that we now are trying to raise children in, of course, I'm experiencing it with my grandchildren. I now have seven grandchildren. Wow. And um, so that screen time is such an incredible issue. And, um, and they're growing up with it. Mm-hmm. It's not being introduced to them later in life. They, don't, they, they will not know life you know, without it. And so um, it's really complicated a lot of what we're trying to do and trying to teach. We have businesses who ask us to teach eye contact. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> I know. I because, work with young uh, you know, people. Because, yes. because a lot of young people are very uncomfortable with eye contact. Mm-hmm. And uh, because the, what they've grown up with is the screen. You know, and the problem is the more connected that we've become through technology in so many ways, the less, the more disconnected we've become, though, um, because we're so totally dependent on technology for all of our answers. So right. we're not, we're, we're looking, you know, we can pick up the answer and get it without having to search for it and dig and research and dig something out, it's all instantaneous, you know? And um, one of the issues we're having is um, young people who are not able to problem solve Mm -hmm. uh, on their own, who can't sit and think and think through an issue and think through a problem and come to a a creative solution for it because their imagination is not being tapped into because there's no need for that growing up with the technology that gives you the instant answers for everything. So I think a lot about uh, MacGyver. If you remember MacGyver, (laughs) he's around again. You do? (laughs) Yeah, he's he's around again. And, you know, where are the MacGyvers going to be? You know, who can identify a problem, whatever the issue, you know, and come up with a creative solution for a difficult problem. And one of the other points I'll bring up about that also is we firmly believe at Manners of the Heart that one of our kind of broad problems in our society today, whether it's in government or uh, it's in the home or in the school or just in our communities, is that our problems are so complex and yet we keep trying to find complex solutions mm-hmm. and all we do is further complicate yeah. <laughs> the problem, right? Right. And so we can't move the needle and we find ourselves, you know, five years pass and we're still having the same conversations, whether it's about, you know, roads or whether mm-hmm. it's about political issues or whatever the problems. And we just continue spinning rather than recognizing, you know, the answer well, probably is a very simple, profound, yes, but simple solutions. And we keep looking for complicated A simple answers. one where you'd have to kind of remove the personalities, remove exactly. the vitriol, remove the, exactly. the ugly stuff. And exactly. um, you make me terrified of a world where people can't look at each other when they're speaking. Isn't that, isn't that so, incredible? No, it, it is <laughs> terrible. Um, some of the, like the advanced ISP techniques that MP referred to, where she's targeting voters and helping change their mind. Could you use some of that in your work to help change behaviors and teach people manners mm-hmm. to make them nicer? Uh, possi- possibly. <laughs> possibly <laughs> so. We do, we do commercial possibly advertising. So. We do commercial yeah. advertising with yeah. the technology. And mm-hmm. I think because I'm not, just speaking to what you do, Jill, because I'm not a, um, not, no one part of my business is the the bread and butter part it is this weird truly diversified business and it sort of mystically ends up that way I don't know how um in my 40s my 30s I'm gonna just do that in my 40s I'm gonna like figure it out how I did it um 
But, you know, I always am focused on producing content that makes people feel something because that's the most persuasive. And um, so so I, I really I really am kind of connecting with what you're saying. Um, and I'm thankful that you're producing better citizens that will receive the messages that I'm making and feel something when they see them. I really appreciate it. Well, well, thank you. Thank you so much for saying that. One, we have found, speaking of just kind of technology and the what's at our fingertips to use, we have found the radio minutes that we've been producing for the last two years. That has been, um, has the most far-reaching effect. Of course, we all know we're right. on radio today. Mm-hmm. We all know that, you know, radio reaches. And, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, radio, all the statistics show us that radio listeners are active. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not passive. You know, they they hear something on the radio about a book, and they pass by the store, and they pull in right then and go in and get the book. Yeah. You know, or they order the the MP3 or whatever it is. They they're very engaged radio listeners. Yes, radio <laughs> listeners are so engaged, and the radio minutes we've been producing, um, it's it's become um, um, unusual, like almost if I go into a crowd of, you know, twenty people or more, that someone doesn't walk over to say. Oh, the radio minute I heard yesterday. And I mean, and they'll just spit back to you verbatim what you said. And then when you get away from it, you think, okay, that was 50 seconds. Right. You know, and something that was spoken in 50 seconds stuck. You know, it resonated That's somewhere. That's so important. That really is. Tell us, I'm interested, you, you referred a few times to the businesses that, that you work for. And how long is the curriculum? Do you actually have employees that go in there and do it, or do you train the trainers to, to work within companies? We have, uh, it's called the Business of Manners, and um, pretty much like everything else we did, I so <laughs> related in P to what you were saying about, you know, all these multiple platforms and how just, because we're the same <laughs> way. Wild. People kind of like, oh, and you do this, and you do this, and well, yes, and Manners of the Heart has evolved. Um, by answering a need is mm-hmm. really we really mm-hmm. never came up with something and then tried to say okay here's what you need yeah. we've some people have come to us and someone heard me speak at a high school and said um, and said my employees need to hear what you just said to these high school students and that's how the business of manners was born many years ago and from that point what it has evolved into today is we have um, we really have zeroed in on core values mm-hmm. and we'll come in and help a company identify what their core values need to be and then help them uh, and then we do very deep training for instance this is going to sound silly but one of our companies has um, their five core values are um, um, self-discipline, integrity, continuous improvement, caring, and fun. And they said, so you're going to come do a two-hour session on fun? Oh, really? Get real, Jill. You know, but when we finished, it was a very different scenario because the definition for fun truly is completeness, isn't it? Real celebration happens when there has been an accomplishment, right? When something has been achieved, that's really mm-hmm. when things get fun. And so we take each of the values and take them to a much deeper level wow. and get, again, we're working on those attitudes. We're always working. That's why we call what we do uh, respect-based heart education, whether we're talking to five-year-olds or we're talking to 75-year-olds or anybody in between, and whether it's in a classroom, a home, or a business setting, or in the community, or 
heaven forbid, in the government, <laughs> many people say, Jill, go to Washington. Uh, you know, we need you. Uh, but I think if we went together, we could really do something I th- magic. I tell you what, I think we could. <laughs> are you all, are both of you all only in Louisiana, or have you all expanded into other states? Um, I've done some consulting um, in other states um, and, and in D.C. Um, as, a, as a woman in my industry, it's a whole nother hurdle to overcome, but um a, a very good, um, authentic, and I think your authenticity just shines through. That's why people yeah. remember what you say on the radio is because it's a very authentic mm-hmm. message. And I'm a person who tries to win what I do with authenticity. But Randy Haney, who's a you know legendary lobbyist here in, um, in Louisiana, told me when I first started my own firm to just say yes to everything and figure, out, figure it out later. And um, it's been the best piece of advice that anyone has given me in my business. And um, it's led me to just being in the right place at the right time for so many things. And, you know, in the wrong place at the wrong time, too. But no one remembers those. They remember the things you won. They remember the stuff that was successful. That's such great advice. And you all are outside of, of Louisiana uh, as well. We are. Uh, the um, parenting books, Raising Respectful Children in Disrespectful World, and sorry the titles are so long, Raising Unselfish Children in a <laughs> Self-Absorbed World, but it tells you exactly what the content is, uh, that, that we've sold over 100,000. Those have sold over 100,000 copies. Wow. And so, so those fantastic. have reached. That's and great. you are the author of all of them. Um, I, I am the author. I am. And But I want to say, just as MP did, um, we are a tiny little bitty staff and uh if it was not for the dedication and the commitment of the ladies you know in in, at manners of the heart i mean we you know we it would all fall apart tomorrow if um if it was not for the commitment because um you know in the nonprofit we are a nonprofit, and in the nonprofit world you know you you tend to you have these huge aspirations and these dreams and um but often you know you don't have the big dollars you know to hire the people that you need um to get all the work done but you're going to get the work done anyway you know somehow because the work is too important and so you're going to push through and and get it done we have uh, and we are in schools in uh, texas from our elementary curriculum texas oklahoma pennsylvania um currently and we've touched all 50 states maybe in one teacher you know in a classroom uh throughout our history so fantastic Mm -hmm. well jill rigby garner and mp ray you both are are certainly elevating the discourse and doing great things to help people attain their goals and get along better and in the process you're making our community a better place so thank you for your efforts and thanks for being here today on out to lunch thank you thank you so much stephanie my guests today on out to lunch have been mp ray of top drawer strategies and jill rigby garner of manners of the heart You can find out more about Top Drawer Strategies and Manners of the Heart by going to our website, itsbatonrouge.la. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino, Dave Winwood, and Ann Edelman. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on our website, itsbatonrouge.la, and on our It's Baton Rouge Facebook page. You can hear this show and past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts, including Spotify and at itsbatonrouge.la. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch.
Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily, 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by the Alliance Safety Council, delivering instructor-led on-site computer lab and online training through more than 100 authorized training providers in 31 states and two countries. Headquartered in Baton Rouge, Alliance is focused on the future of learning technology and training process innovation for business and industry, for safety, and other corporate training needs. More information is at AllianceSafetyCouncil.org and by Shorten Associates legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world. 